Good morning. Uh, we just finished a powerful five-week series. I'd encourage you, if you didn't see all five weeks of that, that you go back and uh, you make sure that you watch all of those. And there is really only one way that we will survive the spirit war that he talked about for five weeks and that we're going to kind of tag on today, and that is if we have been sealed by the Son of God. If he has branded us, we believe in this place, in this church, that there is one name under heaven given by where we must be saved, and that is the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. So whether we acknowledge it or not, we are, pre- we are, a, we are a brand loyal culture. Uh, whether we realize it or not, we, we tend to pick sides. Uh, we pick brands that we endorse, that we like. So I thought I would start off on a little lighter note. Um, as we start, and this will, as this, even this first picture I'm going to show will, will show those that follow the light and those that follow the darkness. So this first picture. <clears throat> so if you, if you follow the light and you have an iPhone, raise your hand in the room. All right, so if you're an Android person, raise your hand. I'm just joking. Jesus loves you too. You can come up and we'll pray for you afterwards. Uh, uh, the next picture, I always go to a restaurant, and I'm not a big pop drinker, but it's usually somebody's always asking, do you have Coke or do you have Pepsi products? Are you a Coke person, anybody? All right, let's see the Pepsi people. I think Coke, I think Coke won. All right, this next one. <laughs> a house divided against itself can't stand. All right, dear Lord. All right, so if you're a UK fan, raise your hand. Y'all are going to make these other guys feel real uncomfortable. If you're a U of L fan, raise your hand. There's a few of you all. All right, let's see. Uh, <laughs> raise your hand if you're a Toyota person. Raise your hand if you're a Dodge person. Raise your hand if you're like a rock Chevy. And raise your hand if you're uh, found on the road dead. Four. God bless you. God bless you. Uh, next one's for, uh, we got a motorcycle group here. I had to put this. Most guys here, you know, Harley, Harley people. There's a lot of other riders too, but I had to throw that in there. Next, it really does matter what you put on your sandwich. All, all dressings are not created equal. And so I thought we would, we keep both of these in our refrigerator. Actually, I think it was just last night we made hamburgers. And I chose to put one of these on mine, and my wife put the other on hers. I actually eat both, and they both taste pretty good, but I prefer one over the other. All right, so if you're a mayonnaise person, raise your hand. And raise your hand if you like the Tangy Zip America Whip. <laughs> Me, I, I am a America Whip person as well. All right, now this is definitely one. I don't believe that all peanut butter is created equal. <laughs> if... if if my wife knows that we've had a tight week, she might come home with some cheap peanut butter to try to save some money at the grocery store. And I'm like, honey, some things you go cheap on, but if you buy great value peanut butter, it's just, it's, 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 it's just, it's not even real. So anyways, anybody in here, Jeff people, do you think that, yeah. All right, uh, the next one, this is, I ain't into this kind of thing anymore. I guess it was a, a, more of a younger kids thing, but is there, Nike people in here, or is there people in here that prefer Adidas? There's a few. Most of, 
This one evidently is a big deal to some people. This one, this next one, it's not for me. But evidently, there's some people that it's like Heinz all the way. Is there any Heinz people in here? What about Hunts? Any Hunts? Nope, there's mainly Heinz. For you older folks, I figured this would be one you'd have a... <laughs> I'm not even going to ask you which is your favorite. Um, then we have <clears throat> a lot of people debate whether Marvel or DC and what they like the best. Uh, Will actually give me this next one. Star Wars. Is there any Star Wars people in here? Or is there Star Trek? If you're uh, kind of a country person like me, usually there's a debate between if you like John Deere or Kubota. <clears throat> now me, I really like chicken. Now we have the debate between the Jesus chicken and Raising Cane's. <laughs> now I'm not going to lie, I'm a Jesus follower and I love Jesus chicken. But Raising cane sauce, I could drink it like a drink. So I, I don't really know. And last but not least, the most important thing, Cottonelle or Charmin? And I'll let y'all keep that one to yourself. <clears throat> and I, I could go on and on, but whether we realize it or not, we are brand loyal. Uh, a lady could say, well, I prefer this brand of purse. I prefer, uh, guys would say, I prefer this sports team. I prefer, prefer this kind of lawnmower. If you're a hunter, you might say, I only wear this kind of camo. If you're a lady, I say, I only wear this kind of makeup. Or I only shop at this store. But the truth is, we, we endorse these names. We put these names on, on the back of our cars. We have their stickers. We put them on our cups. We pay money to watch them, to wear them, to ride them. We represent them. We promote them. We make them famous, these brands. We're their ambassador whether we realize it or not, we endorse them on a daily basis. If we're honest, many of them would not survive without us using them and making them popular. And we represent it whether we like it or not. But just like we represent all this, the truth of the matter is, even if I, I like my iPhone or all those different things, one day all of this stuff, if we're honest, will burn up. The, the motorcycle will burn up. The, all those things that we, would, we have worked to accumulate or have, and it might be nice stuff, but in the grand scheme of things, one day, it will all burn up. And on that last day, there will be only one name that we represent in this life. There will be only one name that we endorse in this life that we want to make famous that will really matter. There will be only one name that will last forever. There's only one name that I want to honor above every name and not wrong. And that's the name above every name. That is the name of Jesus. It's more than just wearing his name on a t-shirt or putting a bumper sticker on a car. It's the name above every name. But this name, if we are honest, this name divides You've talked, we've talked about this for five weeks. It, there is a spirit war because of this name. And it's one thing for us to be here this morning and to say, yeah, I'm on team Jesus. It's another thing for you to leave this week and you go into your workplace and you go into your life and you go into the store this week and where, wherever you are and you live it out. Talk is cheap. 
that when you are on his team, you represent him. When you wear the brand Christ follower, and you truly wear his name as he has called you to, if you are honest, you will not be popular. Why? Because right now in this culture, it is not the brand that everyone wants. And he, he says this in his word. He told us this was going to happen. He said that his name is going to come and it's going to set things straight and it's going to draw a line in the sand. He says that he's going to turn father against mother, not because he wants to, but because that's what happens when truth meets the darkness. It divides. Luke talks about this in Luke 12, starting with verse 49. Turn with me this morning. Luke 12, 49. I have come to set the world on fire, and I wish it were already burning. I have a terrible baptism of suffering ahead of me, and I am under a heavy burden, burden until it is accomplished. Do you think I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I have come to divide people against each other. From now on, families will be, this is in your notes, split apart. Three in favor of me, two against me, two in favor of me, three against. Father will be divided against son, and son against father, mother against daughter, and daughter against mother, and mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Then Jesus turned to the crowd and said, when you see the clouds form in the west, you say, here comes the shower, and you are right. When the south wind blows, you say, today will be a scorcher, and it is. You fools, you know how to interpret the weather signs of the earth and the sky, but you don't know how to interpret the present times. Why can't you decide for yourselves what is right? When you are on your way to court with your accuser, try to settle the matter before you get there. Otherwise, your accuser may drag you before the judge who will hand you over to an officer who will throw you into prison. And if that happens, you won't be free until you have paid the very last penny. I want to go back and read verse 52. He says this, from now on, families will be split apart. He said, three in favor of me, two against me, or two in favor and three against. Some of you in this room, you have experienced this in the past. You are experiencing this now. You came to Jesus. He transformed your life. Amen. A lot of you in this room, that's your story. He changed you. You aren't the same person. But your family, just because you change doesn't mean they have. Just because you're not the same person doesn't mean that's happened to them. Why don't you participate in the things you used to? Say the things you used to say. Do the things you used to, to do. You are no longer want to be a part of the same things. Therefore, what Jesus said, what happened, has happened in your life. You're not the same person. You don't want to do the same things, be a part of the same things. This is your priority that you honor him, that you honor his word. It's hard when those you love, when those you love don't get it, when those that you love in your life are lost, when they're worldly, 
when they're distracted. This name of Jesus, it draws a line in the sand many times. Why? Because this name does not change. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's not like this culture. It's not like this cancel culture that we have. Like Target's felt late, lately, but they are reaping what they sow. And so many other da- brands are dealing with this hostile cancel culture. But church, I want you to understand this this morning. Church, to wear the name Jesus follower is the greatest privilege you will ever have. But it's also the greatest responsibility. Let me say that again. It's the greatest privilege you will ever have to bear and carry the name of Jesus with you every day. But along with that comes very great responsibility when you carry and you represent the name of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. In the early church, they called the followers of Jesus something different. I love this name that they used for them. Turn with me to Acts 9, starting in verse 1. It says this, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found anyone who belonged to the what? The way. It's in your notes. The way. Whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. He wanted to find those who belonged to what he called the way. Church, we belong to the way. We follow the one who is the way, who is the truth, who is the life. He is the only way. He is the only way to the Father. We believe he is the only way to be saved. And it's great to be a part of this way. It's great to represent and be on a team when they are winning. It's great to be a fan of your team when they are on top. But not as much when they don't have a good season. There are a lot of fair weather fans out there. There's fans that fade when times get hard. There are those that are true that stand with their team no matter what. I looked at some awful seasons that some teams have had. I looked up NFL seasons. The Cleveland Browns, even this is pretty recent, 2017, they went 0 and 16. You got to be a pretty faithful fan to stay with your team through seasons like that. The Detroit Lions in 2008, 0 and 16. Not a very good year. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 0 and 14 in 1976. I looked up some baseball history stuff. The Philadelphia A's in 1916, they won 36 games, but they lost 117. You got to really like your team to stay with them. The Boston Braves in 1935, 38 games they won, 115 they lost. The New York Mets in 1962, they won 40 games, they lost 120. The Washington Senators in 1904 won 38 games, lost 113 games. The Detroit Tigers in 2003 won 43 games, they lost 119 games. I'm sure many of those fans, as as great of fans as they were, they were growing weary. Many of you have heard of the curse of the Bambino, a superstitious sports curse in Major League Baseball derived from an 86-year championship drought of the Boston Red Sox between 1918 
in 2004. Named after Babe Ruth, named, known as the Bambino who played for the Red Sox until he was sold to New York Yankees in 1920. And you can only imagine all of those years being a fan and growing weary and growing tired. And even though you love your team, you want to win, right? You want to win. No matter how diehard of a fan you are, you want to be on a winning team. Nobody wants to lose, to get beat. And some of you will disagree with me in this, but that's honestly why I, I don't like when they don't like to keep a score in kids' sports. I think that kids need to learn that you don't always win. And that there are things in life that you have to work for. And you're not going to always be on a winning team. But church, praise God, we've read the end of this book. And no matter what we face on this earth, no matter what it feels like if you are winning or losing this week, we know that in the end, our King wins. Amen? It doesn't mean that this week you're necessarily going to feel like you're on a winning team. There might be weeks where you feel like you're playing for the Browns. And there are days to, to be a Christ follower, you might feel like you are all alone at work or at your job, or at school. Many kids go back to school this week, and there's many kids to be a follower of Jesus. At school, it's not going to be the popular thing for you as school starts back. And the world wants us to think that we're on a losing team. And when it's not popular, and when the world tells us to shut our mouth, or, or just to be quiet, or just to, to go along, or to not speak His name, or, to, or the world says that we're just a bunch of haters, or we're insensitive, or whatever it might be, we take heart because the writer of Psalms says, he says, be strong and take heart. Why? Because we hope church in the Lord. This, this happened when Jesus encourages his disciples before he's about to die. He knows that they're going to need to take heart. He knows that they're going to be left alone. Everything that they've bet their life on, everything that they have left to follow, They've left houses and land and family and everything to follow this man, and, it, and he's going to be gone. And he knows that they're going to need encouragement and strength for the days ahead because he's going to die. So here's what he says in John 16, starting in verse 17. At this, some of the disciples said to one another, what does it mean by saying in a little while you will see me no more, and after a little while you will see me? And because I'm going to the Father, they kept asking what does he mean by a little while? We don't understand what he's saying. Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this. So he said to them, are you asking one another what I meant when I said in a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me? Very truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman gives birth to a child and has pain because her time has come, but when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. No one. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. 
Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. I'm going to skip down to verse 31. He says this, Do you now believe, Jesus replied, a time is coming, and in fact has come, when you will be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. Then he says these powerful words. This is in your notes. I have told you these things so that you may have peace, church. In this world, you will, not maybe, you will have trouble. He said, but take heart. I have overcame the world. He says it's like a woman in childbirth. That there is pain in that moment, but when the child is born, it is, it is so worth what you endured. He says, that's what's going to happen. That, that right now is your time of grief, but one day it will all be worth it. And he says, no one will be able to take away your joy. He's telling these guys that have given up everything to follow him, don't give up. Don't lose hope. You stay faithful. Your grief one day is going to turn to joy. One day it will all be worth it. And he says in John 16, he ends, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart I have overcome this world. He wants them to have peace. He doesn't want them to give up. He wants them to stay faithful to the end. He wants them to know it's not going to be easy, that they will face trouble, that they will be persecuted, that they are going to feel like many times they're having a losing season. But he ends with their blessed hope that he has overcame this world. And church, this morning that is our hope that no matter what we face, we can take heart because we know how the story ends. We just got to hang on. We just got to stay faithful and loyal to our King. Right now, many of you in this room, if you're honest, you might feel like you're in a losing battle. You feel like this world is in a losing battle and, and it's lost and it's going to hell in a handbasket and, and you read the news and it's bad. And you feel like we're hated as Christians and, and they mock us and they talk about us in the news. He says, take heart, church. One day all of that will change. It's so easy for us to be frustrated with unbelievers and how the world treats or talks about us. But God says, one day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make all wrongs right. I'm going to turn it all around. I am a righteous judge. I am a faithful and good God. And God says this in Matthew 20, 16, he says, so the last will be first and the first will be last. There will be a day, church, of great reversal. Those who were first in this life, those who thought they knew it all, many on that day will see the tables flip. They will be humbled they will see the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords for who He really is. And on that day, the last will be first. And on that day, church, it will all be worth it. He will settle accounts on that day. We will receive the victory through Christ Jesus. But until that day, we are His ambassadors. We represent Him on this earth. Ephesians 4.30 says this, 
And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, whom you were, this is in your notes, whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. The Amplified Version of the Version says this, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, but seek to please Him by whom you were sealed and marked, branded as God's own for the day of redemption, the final deliverance from the consequences of sin. Paul says that we have been sealed for this last day, those who are in Christ, that we have been branded as His for the final day. What's the final day? When you and I stand before the King of Kings face to face. The day when He separates the sheep from the goats, the day when He comes, we pray to take us home, that day when He either says, depart from me, I never knew you, or He says, come and share in my inheritance. That day, you will find out if your name is in the Lamb's book of life or not. On that day, it will be a big deal if He has sealed you, if He has branded you. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5, he says this starting in verse 6, Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we live by faith, church, and not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to who? To please Him. Whether we are at home in the body or away from it, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due for the things we have done while in this body, whether good or bad. Church, we will all appear before Him one day. We will not escape this day. And here's the most sobering and humble thing is, as I read this passage, he knows right now, church, if we are his. Let that sink in. 2 Timothy 2.19, I want you to listen to the power of these words. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription. The Lord knows, church, those who are his and and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. He knows this morning right now who is his, who bears his name, who he has sealed. If you have confessed him as Lord, if you have turned from your wickedness, from your sin, and that's humbling to know right now, he knows you can't fake God out. I'm not going to lie, I've always had this picture where we stand before God and, and I just kind of picture God and he looks to his son and his son says, I know him. He bears my name. He has my seal on him. I, I branded him. Church, on that day when I stand before him, when you stand before him, church, I want to be known by him. I want to be sealed by him. On that day, it doesn't matter if we had the greatest intentions either. He knows us or he doesn't. Galatians 6, 17 says this, From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on, the, on my body the marks of Jesus. Paul wrote these words. He says, I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. What Paul is referring to in this scripture 
is everything that he endured for the sake of Christ, he bears on his body. The ridicule, the beatings, y'all know scripture, everything that Paul went through, he says, I bear these on my body as the marks of Jesus. Church, may we be willing to bear in our life whatever it is, the marks of Jesus. Whatever that might look like in this life, in this generation, whatever persecution looks like for us, no matter the cost, whether it is our life, whether it for you is your job, your family, whatever it is, we bear it all. We bear it for the sake of Jesus. But in all that we do, we know that we have been sealed, that we have been branded by him. Church, this world, that, this world will know we are his because of our love. Love not as this world defines love. Love not based on selfish motives. But love, as John writes in John 13, 35, he says this, but everyone know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Church, they will know that we are his, that we are sealed by him. Church, we can say we love God all we want, but if we can't love each other, if we can't love our neighbors, he has asked us to, then what are we doing? He is love. He loved us. He laid down his life for us. John 15, he says, greater love has no one than this. No one. Than to lay down one's life for one's friend. A sacrificial love is what our king has done for us. A love without anything in return. Love is one of the marks of God's people. It's a love that goes so much deeper than the love that this world offers. I think of Jesus' love for the thief on the cross. In Jesus' last moments, the thief deserves to die like all of us in this room. He's mocked Jesus, but in his final moments, Jesus says these words to this man, Luke 23, 39. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him, aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked, don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Church, that's love. That's grace. That's mercy. This man in his last hour, guess what? It didn't matter what he had done in his past. It didn't matter what put him on that cross. In his last hour, this man is sealed and branded by Jesus as his. He has shown love and grace and mercy. And he tells him, today you will be with me in paradise. I'm sure many of you have saw the clip. It's gone around social media a lot of this pastor talking about this thief on the cross. And he kind of talks about when he gets to heaven. Uh, the minister's name is Alistair Begg. And he kind of says something like this. He says, I'd love to talk to that thief one day when he gets to heaven. And I'd like to ask that thief, how did it shake? How did everything shake, 
shake out when you, when you showed up out, when you showed up in heaven. Because you were cussing Jesus, you, you had done all this stuff and you were on a cross and you died. You've never been to Bible study. You've probably never been baptized. You've, you don't know anything about church and you made it to heaven. I'd like to know how everything went. And so, of course, he's just, it's just kind of, he's given just a story. This isn't like in the Bible. So, he says this, the thief on the cross gets to heaven. And the angel says to the thief, what are you doing here? The thief says, I, I, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? He said, I don't know why I'm here. And so, the angel says, let me get the supervisor angel. So, the supervisor angel comes on down to the thief. And the supervisor angel says to the thief, I got a few questions for you. I want to make sure that you're clear on the doctrine of justification by faith. I want to make sure that you know the Holy Scriptures. And the thief's like, I, I don't know any of this. And then the angel says, then wh by what basis are you here? And the thief says, the man on the middle cross said I could come. In church, there is going to come a day when all that's going to matter is what the man on the middle cross says about you. Nothing else is going to matter except if he said that you could come. If he said that you bear his name, that he knows you, that he has covered you with the blood that poured down on that cross, that he has branded you as a child of God, that you are a, you are a part of the way. The church, he has sealed me. He has branded me as his own praise God. Because church, there's nothing I could have ever done to earn it. There's nothing I could have ever done to deserve it. I could never be good enough. None of us could. Yet he still loves us. Yet he still sent his son to die for you and me. And not only that, he has allowed us to be a part of his family. See, we shouldn't be a part of this family. We're not Jewish. But he has grafted us in. We just got back from Israel a few weeks ago. It was crazy to, to be in Israel and see and experience everything. One of the eye-opening things is to see how still so many Jews are still looking for Jesus to come the first time as Messiah. You know, many of them believe that Jesus was a man. He was a great man. He was a great teacher. But their eyes are covered and they don't see him for who he was. We believe that one day their eyes are going to be open to see, see him for who he is. But praise God that God has allowed us a chance to be grafted into his family tree. John 1, 9 talks about this. He says, the true light gives light to everyone who is coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to his own. Who was his own? The Jews. But his own did not receive him. Yet, church, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent or human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. He says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen the glory of the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. 
Not because we're Jewish, because we aren't. Not because of some law. But because the love and the grace of God, He has chosen us. He has saved us. He has delivered us. He has adopted us into His family. He has grafted us into His family. I love Paul's words about this in Romans 11. Romans 11, 11, it says this. Did God's people stumble and fall beyond recovery? Of course not. They were disobedient, so God made salvation available to the Gentiles. That's us. But he wanted his own people to become jealous and claim it for themselves. Now if the Gentiles were enriched because of the people of Israel turned down God's offer of salvation, think how much greater a blessing the world will share when they finally accept it. I'm saying all this especially for you Gentiles. God has appointed me as an apostle to the Gentiles. I stress this, for I want somehow to make the people of Israel jealous of what the Gentiles have. So I might save some of them, for since their rejection meant God offered salvation to the rest of the world. Praise God. Their acceptance will even be more wonderful. It will be life for those who were dead. That's us. We were dead. And since Abraham and the other patriarchs were holy, their descendants will be also, also be holy, just as the entire batch of dough is holy, because the portion given as an offering is holy. For if the roots of a tree are holy, the branches will be too. And don't miss this, but some of the branches of Abraham's tree, some of the people of Israel have been broken off, and you Gentiles, that's us in this room this morning, who were branches from a wild olive tree, we have been grafted in. So now, you also receive the blessing God has promised, church. Abraham and his children sharing in this rich nourishment from the root of God's special olive tree. But you must not brag about being grafted in to replace the branches that were broken off. You are just a branch, not the root. Church, we have been grafted in. We have this morning, we have been adopted into the family of God. It's, been, it's like we have been given a new name, the child of God. It's like a child being adopted by a family and giving a new name. He has allowed us to be a part of his family, and now we bear his name. We are sealed and branded as his. Church, this morning, your, your dad, your father is the king. Do you realize that? If you have called upon the name of Jesus this morning, your father is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I love old Western movies. I grew up watching a lot of them. John Wayne, Clint Eastwood, Sam Elliott. I liked Wild Bill Hickok. Uh, Bonanza. Any of y'all ever watch that? But they would always, in those westerns, they would always be branding their horses and their cattle. Why? So everyone would know that that was theirs. So that if someone stole their horse or their cattle, they'd be able to find out. And you don't mess with a cowboy's horse or cattle. Why? Because they are his pride and joy. They are his livelihood. They bear his name. They bear their brand on them. They purchase them. And church, praise God this morning. He has done the same for us who are his children. 
For those of us who have called upon him, he has given us his name. We bear his name as the child of God. We wear his brand. And Timothy says that he knows. I want to read that again, 2 Timothy 2.19. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription, the Lord knows those who are his. This morning, he knows as we sit here in this room, if you are his, if you are his child, if you are in his family, if you have confessed him, if you have turned from your wicked ways, it doesn't mean that life is easy now. It just means that one day we know it will be worth it. We are his. He has purchased us. He has marked us. We represent him. We are his ambassador. Scripture says, we are created in Christ Jesus to do good works. We are not saved by works, but church, if we are connected to this king, there is going to be fruit on our tree. If you are his, you will bear fruit in your life. You will be his hands and his feet this week at work or your job or wherever you might be. You won't be able to help. As John says in 1 John 2, 6, whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. The world is watching to see if we are who we say we are. Or we're just hypocrites that lead others to say, saying we are a Christ follower, but living a life totally contrary. I love these words in Philippians 1, 27. It's titled this, a life worthy of the gospel. Philippians 1.27. He says this, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit striving together as one for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed and that you will be saved. And that by God, for it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also church to suffer for him. Since you are going through the strange struggle you saw I had and now hear that I still have. Matthew writes these words, in the same way, church, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I ask, can we say these words that Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11 this morning? Follow my example as I follow Christ. Can you say those words for your life? Follow my example as I follow Christ. If you can't say that this morning, something needs to change. If the thought of others following your example terrifies you, then something's not right in our life. We should be living such a life that if they follow us, that they are following the example of Christ. No, we're not perfect, but we are pointing them to the one who is perfect. And church, we bear his name. We are his ambassador. We have been sealed Cancel culture has caused many brands to cancel people because they don't like how somebody represents them. I guess that's their choice and they can deal with the consequences of it. 
If they don't like something you do, psh, you're done. Just a, few weeks, just a few weeks ago, I think a country singer made a, a video and released it and they immediately canceled them. I don't think that's worked out very well for them. I think they just made that person more famous. But I guess you lay in the bed you made. But here's the truth. In a way, this is going to happen one day to a lot of lukewarm believers and non-believers. They're going to get canceled. There is going to be a day that Jesus is going to say, Church, I never knew you. To those who said they were his followers, those that were playing a game, those that really, they had some talk, but the talk was cheap and their life didn't match up. They didn't really follow him. They didn't really represent his name and honor his name and please him. He wasn't the Lord of their life. They liked the Jesus save me part. They probably got wet one time in the baptistry, but that was all it was with some water. There was no change in their heart. Church, he is love. And he loves you and he loves me. He doesn't send any of us to hell. As he said several weeks ago, we send us to hell. The ball is in your court this morning. Today, if you hear his voice, scripture says, it says, do not harden your heart. It's not too late. Just like the thief on the cross. He doesn't care what your past looked like. He doesn't care what you have done. He wants to save you this morning. He wants to make you his own. He wants to seal you and he wants to brand you. He wants you to turn from your sinful life. He wants you to repent. He wants to use you for his kingdom and his glory. But church, if you are his, you will not look like the rest of this world. It makes no sense. It even seems crazy and reckless that he would save us, that he would give us a chance, but he does. I ask you today, are you his? This morning he knows, are you his? Because he's done everything that he needs to do. He is made a way for all of us in this room. I want to close with a scripture, Luke 15, 4 through 7. Corey and the band's going to come out as we close. Listen to these words. We were all the sheep in this story at some point in our life. If a man <clears throat> has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home, to, carry it home on his shoulders. And when he arrives, he will call together his friends and his neighbors saying, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents and returns to, and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. This morning, first service, there was a lot of rejoicing in heaven this morning over one who repented and turned to the king. Church, I want you to understand this morning that the King of kings and the Lord of lords left heaven. He left his place on high. He left glory to come on a mission to save you. 
to save me. And he saw the mess that we, we were in and he sent his son on a mission to deliver us, to make a way for us so that we can be grafted in, so that we can be a part of his family. This morning, he knows if you're his. And if you're honest, you know if you're his. You know if you have surrendered your life to him this morning. You know if he has complete control or you are still in control. You know right now if you are that lost sheep, still wondering, trying to do things on your own. He stands this morning and he knocks. He is waiting for you to return to him. Because church, we believe in this place that there is a day coming real soon when the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is going to return to get those he has sealed and he has branded. We believe that there is going to be a trumpet sound and the voice of an archangel and the dead in Christ are going to rise and he is going to take, I'm praying all of us in this room out of here. But the truth of the matter is this, there is going to be some on that day that don't bear his name. And they're going to be left on this earth. And because they are left on this earth, it's going to be days like you cannot imagine. And those who are left, they're going to be sealed and they're going to be branded, but it's not going to be the brand of the king that we follow. They're going to bear another name. And it's a name that is destined for destruction. You do not want the mark of this beast. And you can't imagine what your life will be like without the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So today I pray, don't wait till that day to find out that you're bearing the wrong name. Today, we call on the one name that saves. That is the name of Jesus. He has left everything to find you and to save you. If you don't know him today, today is that day. If there's anything in your life that separates you today, today is that day. Let nothing come between you and him. He is worthy. Today is the day of salvation. Let's all stand as we have this time of invitation.